and welcome to Planet NOLA, the podcast where I, Mary Jacobs, talk to people that I think are interesting or doing interesting things here in the city of New Orleans. Um, today, I have with me Mary Devin Dupuy. Hello. Uh, Mary Devin is a stand-up comedian primarily, but also a person of many hats like everybody in New Orleans. How would you like to self-identify on this podcast? As a comedian? I guess so. I mean, that actually feels kind of like poserish because I barely do comedy anymore. Well, you did for a very long time. That's true. And you're super prolific. Thank you, yes. Um, and I you guess, still do shows. You just get to show up and do a full show now. You just don't have to mess around. I know. I just don't do mics. Um, if you don't know comedy, like, mics make you feel like you're, like, doing the thing. Like, it's right. like this, like, self... Like it's like self whipping, yeah, 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 yeah. Like comedians are like, it does well, make you if funnier. I'm not suffering through these mics every night of the week, I'm not a comedian. I was thinking about this. I know you're still doing the intro, so or or is the intro? That is intro. Okay, over. we're talking now. I was thinking about this because when you told me kind of like the base, like you know, premise ish of the podcast, I was like, oh, I have so much I want to say about like what I've learned because I used to be someone who was like, if you don't go up at mics and you just show up and do shows, I was such a little bitch about. Oh my god! Like, and I guess I don't. I think, think that I'm, that's common. Yeah, it is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's like, if you're not doing the mics, then it's like, are you even a comic? Exactly. It's like, oh, you just show up when it's like convenient for you or you think that because there's this, it's not a total myth. Like, I'm rusty. Like, when I'm up there, I used to be like really polished and I used to use mics to kind of write on stage and then figure out what's funny and what wasn't and then kind of know what I was going to say at shows. And sometimes I would wiggle a little bit at shows, but I usually like had a set that I would stick to and it was really uncommon for me to go kind of off. But um, now I use shows to just get up there and see what comes out of my mouth. And like sometimes I have things that have become kind of a new because after I had a baby, I was like, I'm not going to do it was like pandemic didn't do comedy. And then during the pandemic, baby happened. Mm -hmm. And by the time I started doing comedy again, I was like, I'm not going to do my old jokes. It's so weird. This is kind of the similar birth of that, though. It's like pandemic as a performer has mm-hmm. changed everybody let alone you also had a baby right like i never thought i would do a podcast in a million years like i make fun of people doing podcasts I'm like, yeah everybody does podcast right and i feel like a dick now because i'm like oh no i guess this is actually the natural progression of life as a performer yeah at some point literally i mean i'm not that old but it's like going on stage every night like staying out until 1 a.m like it's actually exhausting. It like, is the exhausting. The idea of you coming over. It's at, more exhausting in many ways than being a parent. It's tiring. Yeah. And it's, your body's rhythm is off. And it's like, this is cush. Right. You're sitting in the house having a seltzer. Friggin', it's two o'clock on a Sunday. Exactly. Like, and then it's going to be one hour. I'm done. I go home. Exactly. And it's like, it makes sense that like, especially as you get older as a performer, you find ways to do it where you can still be a performer but Mm -hmm. not physically break yourself down right and I think that one of the reasons I went up so much I'm like uh I think I'm realizing now I hate it when people throw around OCD like loosey-goosey yeah 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 but like I after I had the baby I had all these intrusive thoughts and I realized that like rituals are really important to me and if I don't do certain rituals then I'm convinced the baby's gonna die oh yeah and I'm never I mean I've I've never been diagnosed I think if I really had it bad it would be debilitating but that's like an OCD symptom it is an OCD symptom if you're like yeah it's like a it's a repeat narrative and then there's like an end thing that will happen like people who knock on the door like five times like if I don't do that everything's gonna Right, now. exactly. Like whenever I say something, I know it's just it's just superstition, but it's like a really severe superstition where if I don't knock on wood, if I say like, oh, he's been sleeping through the night or something more like knock on wood or, you know, <laughs> oh, he's been, but actually he kind of has, kind of hasn't, but oh, he's, you know, he hasn't been sick in two weeks. I have to knock on wood. And if I don't, my mind's like, and also like if I say, 
Um, I oh, have I to hope- knock on wood too sometimes. And so it's not quite OCD, but yeah. there's other rituals too that like are more like. Well, the eh. first thing you said sounded like diagnosed like OCD. Like, yeah, I don't do this, my child will die. I think that I also when I wasn't sleeping and had like all the postpartum hormones going, I think I had like eight mental disorders at once. <laughs> oh I was like, God. oh, it was bad. It was so bad. The first few weeks were absolutely like hell. your whole body chemistry changed. <sighs> yeah, and not sleeping, man, it will really fuck you. I up. know, yeah. I know, dude. I know, as someone who has hardly slept for the last three oh, years. It fucks you, you know, up. You know, I gave up caffeine a few weeks back and mm. I sleep like a baby now and I really think like this podcast, so much of my business, a lot of it has been born of me sleeping. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm writing in a way that I haven't written in years. It's totally, it has a vast like effect on your mental health. Well, I feel like caffeine's been like a lie that I've been sold my whole life. What happened I was, was I was not a regular coffee drinker my uh-huh. whole life and then like my mid-20s. I sort of blame Kristen because she's like an everyday coffee drinker so like I became an everyday coffee drinker and now that I'm not having it every day I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't need it every day. Right. Like I'm already so stimulated all the time anyway as a person. Right. And I'm just way more productive and because I sleep. Right. Like, giving up the caffeine allowed me to sleep. And right. And now I'm like... I know. I For me, it's a drug. So, so when I couldn't have other drugs when I was pregnant <laughs> and I love drugs yeah. and when I couldn't have other drugs you know because I definitely think of like all the things that usually get not called drugs are yeah, drugs. you can't even smoke weed when you're pregnant. No. Like, you can't do anything. And that, that was, like, my way. So, like, weed was the way that I quit drinking and smoking cigarettes. And I'm drinking again, but not as much as I used to. You remember the way I used to drink. <laughs> the way I used to drink, it's like, I, I act like I'm sober. I'm just, like, back in the day when I was a drinker, people were like, you're drinking right now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like... I can have a glass of wine now. Whenever people would say they would have a glass of wine, I was like, why would you do that? Just one. I, yeah. I, I sort of agree with that. Like, Well, see, now now that I – okay, so now I realize that I actually do like the taste. Yeah. And I can change out a mocktail for a glass of wine if it's a good mocktail. Good mocktail. Like, because a good drink hurts a little bit, I think. Yeah. Like, it should taste good, but it also should, like, burn a little bit, whether it has alcohol or not. Yeah. And, like, bad mocktails are just garbage, They're sweet bad. stuff. They're just sweet, sugary. Exactly. Like for children. But, like – it's interchangeable for me. A good mocktail or a glass of wine, like, both have the effect. And I think it is because I used to be a drinker, so, like, it makes me feel like I'm drinking. Yeah. But also, I just like that. I like a drink to hurt a little bit. That's why I like coffee. <laughs> and it's, like, why I like coffee, cigarettes. Coffee is so bizarre because I'm, like, who just likes the taste of coffee? I know. I have to who? put people, so much oat milk and sugar in People claim me all the time. Oh, I just love the way it tastes. I'm, like, I think you like the feeling it gives you. I like the smell of it, though. The smell is the smell, if it tasted like it smelled, we'd be having a different conversation. Right. But it does not. It, right. it tastes bitter and nasty. But people, man, it's the same way with cigarettes. Like, people love the taste of cigarettes, and cigarettes objectively taste like... Garbage. Garbage asshole. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah, but you suck them down. But you love them. All right, let's get back on track. I feel like, where did, what was the track? I don't know. I forgot. We lost but, the track. Probably talking about comedy. Oh, drugs. You don't go... Well, it started with you not going up as much. Oh, yeah. So I don't go up as much, and <laughs> I, um, I forgot. We were talking about... Well, you're Drugs. still a comedian. Oh, yeah. You no, felt we're like a poser because about... I introduced you as a, as a stand-up. Oh, yeah. So I am one of those people I used to hate. I used to hate people who um, were like, I'm a comedian and they only went up once a month and that's literally who I am now. Yeah. But there was a period when, um, and I, I have a feeling that the new COVID variant is going to get bad and comedy's going to, a lot of the reason I didn't go up for a long time was because I was scared of giving Oscar COVID. Right. And then once numbers went down again, I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing comedy again. And I just got a booster. So I was like, and he goes to daycare every day. So it's yeah, kind of like, exposed. but like when numbers are really, really high, I'm, t- I'm terrified of like getting yeah. COVID and giving it to him. Um, but also Oscar is my eight month old baby. So Oscar's the baby. Oscar's yeah, the baby. Like we, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You could gather that. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so now you're going back up, but not really. Yeah. And now mics. And so you feel illegitimate. But you're right. If if I could get to like one mic a week and shows when I got booked on one mic a week, what mic would it be? Probably 12 mile. That's that's the one I like. So 12 mile on Monday nights is bear with me. Open mic. If you're a budding comedian, it's the most well run. Mm -hmm. The venue, I think, is really it really serves open mics. Like sometimes you go to a bar and like it's too public, like especially like. I don't know, like, hi-ho and stuff. Like, when people can just walk in off the street, like, screaming their heads right. off. Like, people going to 12 Mile have to be going to You want it to mile. be a deliberate audience. Yeah, you want yeah. someone to, like, walk in there because they know it's right. open mic night. And I think that'll Not a of... sad, what is it, an ambush show. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so awkward. But it's just got the best vibe, I think. And they run, it the does. people that run it. Yeah, Laura Sanders, Laura Sanders and Laura And Laura Malera, yeah. Yeah. They're awesome. But also, selfishly, I just like a bar where I can have, like, a good cocktail. And most bars in New Orleans, you really – because I don't – like I was saying, I don't drink as much. So I get, like, my one drink, and yeah. I want it to be good. And they make good drinks. They make really good drinks, and they're not that expensive. I met Kristen at 12 Mile, my partner, Aww. who I'm now engaged to. Um, that's where we went after our wedding. Oh, Yeah. My Kristen fun. is still saved in my phone as Kristen 12 Mile. Oh, that's so funny. To this day, yes. But my other, my other mic that I really like is Carrollton Station. Um, the only thing is, though – Isn't that mic extremely bro-y? Um, I think people say that. I like it, though. But I like all the comedy bros. They're my you're, friends. You're into the comedy bro scene. Yeah, I like the comedy bro scene. So uh, the only reason I say it's bro is because, number one, it has a reputation for being kind of bro mm-hmm. And number two, as being a woman trying to break into stand-up, mm-hmm. it is the bar for entry already feels so high for some reason. Yeah. Because it's just I've grown up with male stand-ups. I just mm-hmm. have, you know? And so when I would go to a show and, like, the first five people would be dudes, I'd be like, well, I don't fucking belong here. Yeah. And I know that's not true. I think I know. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. But it's I like think that feeling where you're like, "Oh, I'm the girl. I'm the girl. I'm now. the girl." Right. I think that the. I think that there's like a sick part of me that doesn't mind being the only girl because it like, makes you feel special. <laughs> the sick part of yeah, because it is like that. Like, <laughs> si- like you know, I think they have a name for this on TikTok. It's like main character. Main character. Right. Exactly. Some like it's also like one of those desires to be like one of the guys but I'm definitely not one of the guys I mean I feel like I definitely have a baby yeah and I also have a reputation for like hating men I mean I do hate men (laughs) you know I married one of my very good friends on Friday and I was like doing my notes for this wedding and I was like don't make too many if any question mark men are trash men are trash jokes (laughs) and I did still make men trash jokes and it was good it got a bit it got a good good little pop yeah it wasn't inappropriate uh, the, the bride's mom was like right in front of me and they're very like proper people from North Carolina they're they're very kind but mm-hmm. I was like as soon as I said it I was like is she gonna crack a smile and she did and I was like that's good that's okay good. as long yeah. as that the keep bride, it light yeah, yeah as long as the bride's mother thought the do- joke it's was so, in good taste it's so well known that I feel like it's like uh, I, I feel like also like I was just thinking about this how I do hackier jokes now about how like my husband's stupid and I hate sex and <laughs> I used to uh and I used to like really hate like sitcom humor like that, but like I feel like a lot of men are trash jokes are from like very traditional women who are like, yeah, my useless, stupid husband, I hate him, he's a piece <laughs> of shit. And then there's like feminist women that are like, I would never date a man in my life, you yeah. know. And then you know, there's like obviously a vast middle ground, but I think that everyone can relate to it no matter which side you're on. But I um oh yeah, but what I was gonna say is like Cassidy and Mickey, the guys who run Carrollton, are like total sweetie pies. I mean, Cassidy's like grouchy, right? And the way he runs the mic, but he's. Since, I, I will say all of my intel is hearsay. I, I've yeah. never done the Carrollton mic. Oh, okay. I heard it was broy, and I was like, I'll just go to. It's because mile. it's the oldest mic, and there used to pretty much only be dudes. Yeah, I think I that's think that's the, why. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. But now I don't think it's necessarily broier. 
um, than any other mic that's run by men. Okay. Well, like, and the vibe of the host is like, they're very pissy about the rules. And I feel comfortable with Cassidy hearing this. He's extremely pissy about like, you don't sign your friends up, you sign oh, up yeah. and then we do the list. And I would blah, be the blah. same way though. Yeah. Kind of. But most of the people you. he ends up bitching out are guys. Like most of the people that end up getting his wrath are bros. Love that. Yeah. So I would say like Cassidy definitely, I don't think is a uh, misogynist bro but that mic might attract more so misogynist if, okay, bros. So also if, it's close to colleges i think that might also be the yeah. other thing in the back of my brain it's like that's that young crowd that's just drunk and rabby, yeah exactly which i'm just like can i even handle that crowd but it's stand up? but the fact that it's bro is good because it's good to test out material there that like at 12 mile you might have a little bit of a clapter audience where you know like clapter is like people are laughing because they agree with you rather than because it's funny clapter i've never heard this i've i heard it for a while people talked about it with nanette and like you and i had different feelings on nanette but to be honest i was super hammered when i watched it and i do not remember it at all so i would have to watch it again to to yeah, actually yeah, have an yeah, opinion yeah, yeah. and i'm also way less mean about comedy now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i think the net was by what was her name she's hannah Australian gadsby or, yeah. yeah 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 um she's from new zealand one of those she's uh kiwi. i have no idea i was about to try to do the accent but it would have been horrible so it's i think she's a kiwi which means she's from new zealand but yeah. i could also be wrong it doesn't it doesn't matter also yeah she has the voice all right um, wait, let's get on track with like narrow down what we're talking about for a second if someone is trying to start doing stand-up in the city i would like to to like narrow it down even further and say women because we're women and we have to mm-hmm. focus on every woman <laughs> um what's your number one tip I don't really like advice because I feel like you have to do it on your own. You know it's what I so mean? true. You just have to do it on your own. So like if it works for you to go to one mic a week or one mic a month and like if that's how you grow as a performer and you're just like pretty good and like if you do better writing and not performing, mo- every other comic would say it also depends what you want. If you want to be famous then and you if you go all the time, yeah, you have to do go it all, the, all time. the time. If you want to be famous, you have to live, eat and breathe it. You have to like, leave New Orleans. Yeah. And then eventually leave New Orleans. You should cut your teeth in a city like New Orleans and they should move. Yeah. But like if you are doing it just for the sake of like in between hobby and like you know in between hobby and career because like it's still something that like it is a hobby but I also do care about my growth I guess I guess you can care about your growth within yeah, something absolutely. as a hobby I mean what's the yeah. point of doing something if you just plan on staying the like same level of yeah if you if you care about your growth at all but like don't care about being famous and kind of plan on keeping another day job then just fucking do whatever you want yeah and don't listen to anyone else and yeah. also you any the number one piece of advice that I do have is don't let anyone say that someone is a comedian and someone else isn't a comedian because whether you go to open mics every single night or one night a month like you're doing comedy you're a comedian it doesn't mean you're a good comedian there's some famous comedians that i don't think are funny at all yeah exactly yeah but they're obvious like dave Chappelle's a comedian i don't think he's been funny recently it's been a while and it's and (laughs) it's because he's like rich and boring that's what i'm saying you literally at some level like remember when ellen did that special recently yeah and it sucked ass it was so awful it's like this is not human dude alana glazer's special was one of the worst specials that was the worst comedic special i've ever seen in my whole life it was hands down the worst one i get mad when I see her on Sesame Street now, I, I'm like, you stupid bitch. She is on Sesame <laughs> Street. Her. Alana Glazer is from Broad City, for those who don't know. Miss very- Noodle is funnier than what her y- special. For, y- yeah. Truly, she plays Miss Noodle on Sesame Street now, which I do like her on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. And I loved Broad City. I loved Broad but City, too. But she's a too. sketch actor. She's a, mm-hmm. she's a comedian for the like for stage or right. for or for film or TV 
and she's not a stand-up. It's God. so obvious she's never worked that a room. That special made my blood boil. It was so obvious she's never worked that material in front of an audience. Right. It was obvious that she was handed a bunch of money, and they were like, hey, you get to do a special. And she's like, all right, I guess I'll try this wacky that thing. That still pisses me off. And it, it was bad. It was it yeah. was quite literally one of the worst things I've ever seen. And it's heartbreaking because I think she's very talented. Yeah, she is. And, like, also, I was another thing I was thinking about that I've been wanting to tweet about but haven't um, because – I don't know. I think about how Broad City and Amy Schumer and all these like comedians, all these women comedians used to be so they really were edgy. And now like being a lady that smokes weed or being a lady who talks about fucking is like not edgy. It's not. Yeah. And it's like considered kind of boring and like fake edgy or like hack at this point. But it really was in like 2013 or 2014. It it literally was. It was so edgy. And it really was like it was hugely influential for me and made me want to do stand up. So I hate it when people totally shit like hate when people shit on it categorically because I'm like, no, it had its place. Like comedy has a like short shelf. It still has its place. Yeah. It's just like. It's certainly not going to be the way it was. Back no, then. because it's, they because they changed it, and also it's been done. Right, exactly. And it's once been done. once something's done, it's not funny anymore. It just like evaporates, and, and you then, know what the punchline is. That's why, like, whenever the, somebody at Thanksgiving makes that you're going to have to roll me out of here joke, I'm like, am I supposed to laugh? Right, this has been said four hundred million times in the, I know. in the time of the world. I know. We have to take a break for an ad. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to take a break for an ad, and we'll be right back. This week's episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness, a group training facility located in Metairie, Louisiana. Vitality prioritizes their members with accessible workouts for anybody, any gender, any size, any ability. I'm a little biased because I do co-own this business, and I got to say we've got one of the best communities around, really great coaches, really good vibes. So if you're interested in trying out our gym, go to our website, vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact form, and you get three free classes in a week. So come check us out. And we're back from that ad. Um, if you've noticed, the ad is for a business that I co-own with my partner. If you'd like to be a sponsor on this show, <laughs> you could. So just hit us up. Let us know. We, we are looking for sponsors that aren't just businesses that I own. Um, okay, we're getting back into this with Mary Devon. Mary Devon is a comedian. We're talking about the New Orleans comedy scene and comedy in general. Uh, during our break, we talked about how Mary Devon's fucked half the city. No, I'm just <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, that is a thing that happens, though. Like, you run into all your exes. All and I think that that's specific in to any, New Orleans. In, any, in yeah. any sphere. I'll be in a coffee shop, and there'll be three people I dated in the right. coffee shop. But New Orleans is just smaller, and it's also, like, it's New Orleans is geographically small, and then the way people are very social, and there aren't, like, if you're in certain scenes, there's, like, a few different scenes that overlap a lot. And so I feel like there's a lot of people that aren't comedians that are always at comedy shows. Yeah, totally. And I definitely, um, I'll say dated. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's no. a nice way to say yeah, it. That's a nice, no, I didn't. Um, I, I slept with, I slept like, with them. slept with some people. Um, <laughs> One or two, maybe. But, yeah, it's, like, funny that I'll, I'll be like, oh, I don't know anyone in the show. And then I had lunch with Deja the other day and she was like oh yeah this guy uh was in the audience with my friend who he's dating now and you were on stage I did not have a good set that night so that's an extra layer yikes yeah and I was thinking about how embarrassing that is um but I had a bad set and then apparently he mentioned to his date that he had slept with me and they got in a big fight and now I know that it's just like a weird 
Yeah. And what I don't kind know, of person? I know. And also on a date. On a date. And then and I would be so pissed if someone I was with was like, oh, yeah, I had sex with that lady on stage. And also like what a bad feeling. I know. This is once again, men are trash. And then I wasn't even having a good set. So that poor woman probably had so much going through her mind. Like she's not even funny. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and also, I don't think that me and that person ended well. So there's like many layers to. Yeah, yeah. it's just it just sucks that like anywhere you could go in any given day here, you're going to run into a situation where your brain starts spinning and you're like, oh, that didn't end well. Right. Da, 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 da. And like it's it's such a small. I'm city. not going to name drop, but I hooked up with someone that, you know, and you know, I know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> and this this fucking dude, he was away. actually probably one of the last guys I had a casual hookup with. And mm-hmm. I was just like. He tried to ghost me. He ran out of the room. He tried to ghost me. And I was like, you can't ghost me. First of all, I don't care. I right. The day before he tried to ghost me, I was like, hey, I am not looking for anything serious. And I'm enjoying what's happening. I just want to check in with you. And right. he, was like, he was like, yeah, me too. It's real chill. And I was like, great. And then he immediately began to try to ghost me. And I was like, you can't ghost Anyone. But didn't he like physically run out of a bar? Oh my god, he literally ran out of a bar. That's yes. so funny. It was hysterically like, funny. I what mean, did you think you were gonna do? Be like, date me, <laughs> be my boyfriend, be my boyfriend. God, it, was, it just like it, it felt like it wasn't even a bullet for me to dodge. But yeah. I, I did somehow, right. you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even <laughs> so think it was coming for me. And then suddenly I was like, well, thank God oh, that man. wasn't a thing. That happens to me all the time where, like, people don't say hello to you. And it's like... It's New Orleans. It's everyone. I remember you. Yeah. It's so... It's honestly, like, so evil. Just, like... Because it's, it's insulting. I think about this a lot when, like, I see someone that I've slept with and then they totally ignore me. I really prefer... There's a guy that lives... <laughs> There's a guy that lives in my neighborhood who does the opposite. Like right after we had like our thing had ended, I started dating Jeff and he lived in our neighborhood and he's kind of an airhead and he would be jogging. And like if we were having a party, he would be like, can I come to the party? And Jeff was like, I guess. Sure. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, like Jeff's not a jealous guy. He just thought it was so funny because he, he was just be like jogging by the house. Yeah, he would be jogging by the house and he would just like stop by and say hello or like come join a party that was already happening. And I prefer that i'm just like yeah we slept together and we never seriously dated yeah it's, it's like, a casual acquaintance and, but also we are acquaintances and like i didn't do any it's like you're treating me like i did something wrong by sleeping with you yeah it's, that's the that whole it's, thing it's just this like emotional immaturity thing that it is, is. Like, blanketed across the and it's really world. when you think about it it's pretty evil because it's always pretty much men doing it to women always. and it's like they're basically like oh i'm assuming it's like now that i'm not sleeping with you you are of no value to me and therefore i have to like be ignore you yeah like you there's no purpose in this interaction because i'm not sleeping with you right that's the exactly that's the right undertone. it's like we were never friends at all speaking of premarital sex um well, i really want to talk about the fact that we're both from new orleans mm-hmm. um but we didn't grow up together which no we're about the same age so it's the odds are we pretty both high. went to catholic school yeah we both went to catholic school but the odds are high that we would have run into each other at some point going to catholic school in new orleans mm-hmm. being about the same age but we like, didn't we run really, into each other until college yeah no we and really, i remember you i think before you remember me absolutely I don't, when do you remember me at the neutral ground you remember me at the neutral i met ground. you at the neutral ground when coffee i was a shop, freshman neutral in college ground, coffee shop uptown yeah i met you at the neutral ground when i was a freshman in college and i started so when i went to lsu i became friends with deja who was like royalty she was so cool the queen of the neutral ground the queen of the neutral ground her and melody keel yeah her and melody and so um melody's vitality member yeah vitality member that's our sponsor Um, for the day melody's so (laughs) funny but uh one of the funniest people ever but anyway so so is deja so 
Um, Deja and I became friends in college, and then she took me to the neutral ground. So I met a bunch of people from New Orleans that I didn't know in high school. And you met me there. I met you there, but you don't remember me. I was a senior in high school. You were hanging out with... I would have been a senior in high school if you were a freshman in college. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that you I went there so much as a senior in high school. Yeah. I would beg my dad. I'd be like, please, can you bring me to the neutral ground? (laughs) But it's like all the way in the Broadmoor, and I live in Gentilly. Yeah. He'd be like, all right. And then he has to pick me up at like 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, that was so rude of me. But he did it. My dad did it, to his credit. Yeah. He brought me out there. Um... I loved I, – I kind of was sad when we outgrew the neutral ground because I caught it right on the end. Like, because freshman year of college, we were kind of old for it. Yeah, it was um, it was definitely the high school jaunt and then the weird old man haunt. Yeah. I Actually, the first time I went to the neutral ground was in high school when um, – this is a cute story. I cannot believe my mom did this. But when I went – when I was in high school, I did my service hours at this place called Camp Summer Tribe. Mm-hmm. And do you know Shelby Gross? Sounds familiar. He was like a neutral ground guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I started dating him there where we were both camp counselors for like at this camp for kids with special needs or whatever. Um, And then but then another guy took a liking to me and he uh, was two years older than me and went to Jesuit and he found he got my house number. I don't know how. Oh, my God. Called my house and asked my mom where I was. And then they found out where I was and they went to the neutral ground because I was like there with a friend and then they kidnapped me quote unquote I mean I wanted to go with them and they brought me to a party and like I could not believe my mom told this random guy my whereabouts but I ended up dating him for years oh my god Michael Mims and that was Um, the first time you were at the neutral ground that was the first time I was at the neutral ground do you have memories of me specifically we gotta talk about me real quick I'm sorry I have memories of you all I remember is like I remember thinking you were cool you were hanging out with like ah, who you were hanging out with my goal is to always have people think I'm cool because I really am a giant nerd. Like, my brain is thinking 40 steps ahead. I remember yeah. a lot of embarrassing details. Like, I really read people's read into things too much. So I'm secretly just very nerdy. I was not cool. I was super quiet and, like, really nerdy and very afraid of, like, everyone because I thought everyone was way cooler than me. But I can't think of who you were with. Name some people that you hung out with a lot in high school. Oh, my God. I was with Alex Talbot. That's who I was dating at that time. Jesuit, I think maybe that was Jesuit Maybe boy. that's who it was. Okay. Um, it could have been any of those Jesuit boys. So I went to Cabrini. I hung out with a lot of Jesuit boys. You went to Sacred Heart? No. Or Sacred I went to Heart. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. Who'd you hang out with? So I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I had what like, did you do in high school? I hung out with people from other schools. And I, um, let's see. So high school got interrupted by Katrina when I was a junior. And so half of high school was very much like... Um, once Katrina happened, high school was very much waiting to see my boyfriend, Michael Mims, because he was in college at LSU and, um, it was... Wait, would you say, this is like unfair and to interrupt you about this, because this is a good story, but this is the thing I've been thinking about a lot. It's like, would you say that in being someone who dated boys in high school, like that consumed way too much of your mental... Oh my God, 100%. I feel like I would be so much more creative and along in my like growth and development Mm -hmm. as a human if I just didn't worry about male affection and i ever i think ever i wish i just didn't ever ever i think going to an all-girls school it was such it was such a bubble and then also but it was really any romantic like i had like a little relationship with a girl in my class also oh my god okay sacred heart but i mean she anyway she like completely would not agree that that's what happened She, like, hates me. Anyway, um, it's, like, a very weird thing. I contacted her a few years ago on Facebook, and she, like, we're catching up pretty normally. And then I was like, do you ever think about what happened? She was like, what do you mean? And, like, I couldn't get her to, like, 
Anyway, it was weird. But anyway, so I like, uh, even then, I was just so consumed. I think that the boy thing was extra bad because all girls Catholic schools make boys way too interesting. Yeah. But I also was weird. That is so true. This is exactly what I want to talk about. It's not, it's, it's a bubble. It's like growing up watching princess movies is one thing. Right. But growing, going through puberty in an environment where you're just surrounded by girls and you think you're supposed to be dating a man or marrying a man or being with a man is like, there is so much pressure. It's to, so toxic too. It's so toxic. And it just proves that like a lot of, you know, boy, like men are trash, but like the whole narrative of like men are one way and girls are another yeah. way. It's so environmental. Like... I, I see it because now I work at a high school and I am around a co-ed environment at a public school. And so I see how like boys and girls, sometimes they kind of still sit at different tables and stuff. But like there are boys that always sit with the girls and, you know, some and everyone's queer now. So some of them are, I you know, know, they're all queer. It's great. It's, I it's love great. It. I, I, um, love it. I love it, too. Everyone's super queer and they're still jocks. But like it's not like they're still jocks and the jocks still bully people. But I don't think they specifically bully them for being queer. Yeah. Like it's there. Are, there are queer kids who are cool and queer kids who aren't. But like the queerness does not seem to be a bully. D- yeah. Actor. Not. Just yeah. Insecure. Yeah, exactly. It's really about that. Um, and I'm sure that there are kids who still. No, I mean, I'm I'm painting a really rosy. Picture. I mean, I am, too. I just said jocks are insecure. I mean, obviously yeah. we're painting a very broad stroke. We here. are. Yes, but yes. like and there actually have been like really nasty. And incidences. so you, you work at a co-ed public school. Yeah. Yeah. So that's totally opposite of our experience. Yeah. And I mean. The only thing that's not opposite is that it's not as like diverse as it doesn't really reflect the demographics of New Orleans. It's oh, like yeah, a pretty which white. None of our schools did. Right. Yeah. Actually, but, Cabrini is pretty split now. Yeah. Um, and it was at the time like decently split, but like I taught at Mount Carmel. That is just white, white, white. white. Yeah. White is white, white. And they have big classes, like 500 girls in a class. And there's like three black girls. Yeah. And yeah. Like, we had 120 at Cabrini, and that was the biggest graduating class they ever had my year. And yeah it was probably like 40% people mm. of color. Cause we also had a big Vietnamese community cause we're closer to right. the East than most schools. Right. Yeah. Cabrini. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is racist, but they had a really good basketball team and that's rarely an all white school thing. <laughs> yeah, like probably. Sacred Heart and McGee are all white and our basketball teams were fucking garbage. Were and bad. Cabrini actually uh, beat us 93 to eight. And one girl, <laughs> one girl opened up the court for me and was like, here, just take a layup. <laughs> She was like, just try it. Just, you need it. Like, she even gave me a pep so talk in the bathroom. you were a jock? You played basketball? I was not a jock. I was a theater kid, but I played basketball too. I don't remember if my mom made me or what it was. I don't know. But my mom liked me in extracurricular activities. She was like, just keep doing stuff. She's trying to keep you busy. Trying to make friends. You're a weirdo. She's like, eventually someone will talk to her. Yeah. I mean, I had friends. It was weird. By the end of high school, I feel like I had carved out my little niche, which was like Mary Devon. I had this like mystery about me where everyone thought I was a good student, but I actually was like a straight C student. And I got like A's and like humanities and stuff. But like I seemed smart and I seemed cool because at that point I hung out with a lot of college kids because my boyfriend was in college and no one knew that they were like huge losers. Like I, the people I hung out with at LSU were like the biggest dorks I've ever met That's in my so life. That's so funny, but you had a, a college boyfriend. But I, yeah, I had a college boyfriend that would pick me up in his Suburban, his oh like God, 1994 so Suburban, funny. which is the coolest thing in the world when there you go to an There is so much weird political stuff that happens when you're a teenager. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the social climbing you get from having a boyfriend. Yeah. Especially at a Catholic all girl school it's a thing it's legitimately yeah. a thing yeah i remember this girl i thought was really cool when uh michael was picking me up once 
she was like, that's a hot car. And it was literally a like 1994 uh, Suburban. Oh, <laughs> it was his dad's old God. car. Um, but it was just, I mean. Would you send your, would you send Oscar to an all boys school? No, 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 no. Yeah, I wouldn't send so, my no. child to an. Uh, I, I don't so, think I would even send him to a private school unless like. If, you know, I, mean, I low-key mm-hmm. wish that I could afford to send my children to Newman. I love Newman. I, I want to send them there to the, I would send to my the daycare. To Newman. Yeah, beautiful. it's beautiful. The, oh my God, green trees, they're, you know, So I was a childhood. newborn nanny oh for many years. And so a lot of the families that I cared for, their babies go to green trees. Oh. And I'm even taking care of an old family I used it's to have. It's fucking amazing. And I get to bring the kids to green trees every day. And I just love it. I we love would, it. We would send Oscar there. Um, my dad went to Newman. So you would you would send your kid to Newman, but not any of the other ones. I, I, I can't imagine sending my kid see, to any Catholic school. I would school. want to send him to public school for school school, but for since we have to pay for daycare regardless, and Green Trees ends up being like five, six extra grand a year, I would 100 fucking percent send him there. Yeah. Because like, it's so important. I mean, I'm just worried about his safety at this point. Yeah, and they do a really good job. They do a really good so job. So you wouldn't send your kid to a Catholic all-boys school, though? No. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not Super sending, toxic, I think. Uh, it's so toxic. I'm yeah. not. There is, you couldn't pay me to send my no. kid to Cabrini and I honestly I did well I mean I went to, to college on a full ride now here's the really messed up thing I was thinking about this last night it sounds like a brag when I'm like oh I went on a full ride I went to Cabrini University which is like the sister school of Cabrini High School right same order of nuns started these schools and Cabrini University every year would offer one Cabrini High School student a full ride mm-hmm. okay so in my brain I'm like obviously I want right. to apply for a full ride I don't want to be in any debt I knew I was going to be a broke kid my whole life you know mm-hmm. like I just knew and I think I was one of two people that applied for that scholarship God damn! because no one wanted to leave New Orleans yeah or the south most of my graduating class went to like LSU where'd you go to college Cabrini University oh but where where it's is in Pennsylvania it? oh wow it's far yeah and like in my in my graduating class like no, almost no one left the Gulf South and the only people that left the Gulf South were people from my lunch table my friend Rachel didn't go to college she went to New York to try to be an actor man that was so opposite at Sacred Heart I felt like such they a loser they all went everywhere yeah I felt like Cabrini such a Cabrini was like yeah everyone was like frozen man. and it's like it's nuts to me that I was had no competition for the scholarship because I was like it's free but they just didn't want to leave your people left new orleans yeah and i actually like i still sort of regret and i you know what i really don't regret it but part of me still regrets not going farther far at all not leaving louisiana um because i wanted to be with my boyfriend and my boyfriend basically said like if you and i got you know lsu was free and yeah. like uh for you went tops. to lsu i went to lsu yeah and i loved lsu let's say how was it I loved it. I did recently go to Baton Rouge and it was a nightmare. I mean, Baton Rouge sucks, but college isn't about where you are. You, you'd like do your little campus thing yeah, and you hang so out with true. people from your school. Yeah. That's so true. And like also you're so close to New Orleans that, and my family was like pretty chill. So before we could drink, we would go have parties at my house on the weekends and, oh, nice. and hang out. Like that's, Deja and I would go in on the weekends. I didn't have a card till I was 20. Um, and or a license and um i don't think i had a car till i was 21 but anyway so we would go in on the weekends and mostly hang out in new orleans but i actually liked staying in baton rouge because like if there were parties i mean parties a party doesn't really matter where you are yeah yeah that makes sense i didn't um, do college like that yeah i didn't party i wasn't i didn't drink in college oh wow i left new orleans i drank as a teenager because you do mm-hmm. and then i went to school up in philly and i went to school with a bunch of 
Pennsylvania and Jersey kids, and none of them have drinking culture. So right. they get to college. And we they, had some also pill culture. We did well, a lot of ecstasy in yeah, Baton Rouge. Well, not yeah. in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, yeah. these kids never drank. And then all of a sudden, they're in college drinking. And I remember like my first semester of freshman year, and I was just like, oh my. Like I was appalled by people just being hammered, passed yeah. out. And because I, I grew up drinking, and it was never like that. Like right. it was just like, oh, we, we we drink together, but we don't get, we never got blacked out when we were teenagers. We would just like have drinks. Like it was, oh, I, did. I don't know. You might I think go, that's because I was I a loser. Had, I didn't have a group of friends to do it yeah. with. I would like get my hands on alcohol and be like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then I would like, man, I just would like panic. I, as soon as I, as soon as I got drunk, I was like, okay, the way to do this is as soon as you get it, then you, I always have had a scarcity problem where like, oh, that's legit. So like if you, no, I mean, I haven't had a scarcity problem, but like I have a scarcity mindset where I'm just like, accumulate as much booze as you can and put it all in your body. I want to get a new therapist and I want to just go work on my scarcity mindset. Yes. Because it's a thing. Uh, And God, it with, when I was a drinker with a scarcity mindset, hurricanes were a fucking disaster. That's so funny because I always It was like I was starting a bar. Yeah. I always credited, um like me being from here whenever I was up there to yeah. like why I was like, I can't drink with these people. Like, yeah. I just wasn't surrounded with drinking in that way. But I mean, obviously now I am. But I The older I think, I've gotten, everyone around me is drunk all of the time. I don't think I'm like a good New Orleanian in the fact that like I... Oh my God, you're a great New Orleanian. Thank you, Mary. Don't, I just feel like there's a lot of aspects of it. Like I was a terrible drinker until college. Although I will say... I did my blacking out in high school. That's crazy. I did my blacking out in was, high school. I was and too then, busy, I think, to get that drunk in high school, really. I was not a good student. So, like, I wasn't a good student. I was, like, really sad. My mom finally admitted recently <laughs> that, like, she should have let me leave Sacred Heart, um, which was, like, extremely validating Did you not me. like it? No, I hated it. And everyone hated me. And, like... <laughs> I, Where would you have gone? Um, I wanted to go to Franklin if I had gotten into Franklin, but didn't we all want to go to Franklin? I, I wanted to go to Franklin. Yeah, if you can get into Franklin, right? Sometimes you would like look at Franklin kids growing up, and you'd be like, "How did you get into Franklin?" I know. How I, did you get into Franklin? Most of my like middle school and early high school boyfriends either went to Franklin or McMain or like I, the, the people that I knew were like Lusher kids. Yeah, a lot of Lusher kids, and then Franklin kids. So you went to Lusher. So no, I went to Sacred Heart the whole time, but I grew up around Lusher kids. Because because of JCC Sock Ops. Uh, I went to the JCC Sock Ops as well. That's how I know most of my friends. And that's how I met boys. And also my neighborhood, I grew up in Broadmoor off Fountain Blue. And um, Sam Calvert went to Lusher. My mom was obsessed with him. She was like one of the few boys, because my parents were really overprotective, one of the few boys that my mom like really trusted and let me hang out with. So Just I hung like out with- a friend of yours? Yeah, I hung yeah. out with him. I dated him. You know how middle school was. Yeah. Some, you were dating one no, day. No, I don't. I skipped middle school. Yeah. <laughs> I did not go to middle school. What? I genuinely didn't go to middle school. Why? Yeah, this is a freaky thing about me. I think it's why who I am. Oh, it, it, <laughs> I think I, I. So you're like half homeschooled. Yeah. So I went to Heinz uh-huh. and Heinz ended at sixth grade. Oh. And then I went to Cabrini and it started at eighth grade. So seventh grade, I was homeschooled. So I was the top of this. Like, I wasn't ever really in middle well, school. Well, for me, fifth and sixth is middle. Yeah, but. I was at my school. It was an elementary school until sixth grade. So I was really like the senior when I was in sixth grade at Pines because that was when you were at the top. It didn't wasn't really a middle school. It was called an elementary school. Right. And then seventh grade is middle school, in my opinion. And then eighth grade is also kind of middle school. And ninth grade is really where college begins. I mean, high school begins. (laughs) College, ninth grade. But anyway, so I just think that like. Because I was the top of the top at Heinz, and then at Cabrini, it was just like I was a freshman baby. It wasn't right. like I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade. I was a pre-freshman. Wow. They even call you a pre-freshman at Yeah, Cabrini. no, eighth grade. So so I skipped seventh grade. So I just didn't get bullied. Yeah. And so I think that's why I'm like a monster, confident, weirdo freak. 
Because I think everyone's trauma comes from middle school. I also think I I wish I wish astrology wasn't real, but I also think that I'm a Leo. Uh, you're just such a Leo. I'm a Leo. Yeah, it's true. You're I'm a, Leo. I, I, I'm a Leo sun sign, or no, I'm a Leo moon sign. Oh, okay. Yeah. So your internal life is Leo. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. And then I'm a Scorpio sun sign. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kristen's a Scorpio as well. When's her birthday? November seventeenth. Oh, right. I'm November first. Oh, okay. Um, we're by each other. Yeah, I'm Leo three times and Virgo. Which, oh, Jesus. Which checks out. Yeah, that Virgo, checks out. You are Leo three times. Yeah, one hundred. Virgo is my organized part. My like yeah. getting everything done thing. Even the way you like enter a room, you're just you use all of your limbs. It's demented. Yeah. I am. <laughs> it it is hard for me to be this much of a Leo. Yeah. I, <laughs> Tell people this all the time. They're like, oh, I get it. You're a Leo. And I was like, listen, I didn't ask for this. It's, yeah. It's a lot for me. Right. I saw a meme today that was like Leo's internal self. Like what? I just want all the attention all the time. And yeah. Like, that is literally, there's not enough. See, I, I also. Imagine dating me. Imagine trying to. Like, Kristen <laughs> wants to marry me. I know. I love that y'all are. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm thank so you, glad that y'all are engaged. Thank you. But I just I'm can't so get. I'm like, there's not. You know I'm just going to be pestering you the rest of your life. Yeah, but other people don't want all the attention, so they don't mind. Yeah. She's yeah. like that. She yeah. very much does not want all the attention. Yeah. So it that's, works out well for us. That's similar to how me and Jeff are, except for part of him does want the attention, but he could never in his life ask for it the way I do. Right. Yeah. Like, I... Legit. Yeah. So... But he also, I think, is happy to let me, you know, commandeer most conversations. I do feel bad, though, because he gets, like, stepped on a lot when he does try to, like, say something, because people aren't used to him... <laughs> talking <laughs> okay wait let's get back to new orleans i want to say some more things because i feel like you have an interesting take on we were talking about like i don't know like i a lot of times you were saying something that i kind of relate with which is like i don't really actually feel like a very good new orleanian sometimes because mm-hmm. it's like people i think it's really like a transplant thing to like just like super romanticize this like, and be in, super into mardi gras super into like jazz costuming fest, jazz yeah like, jazz, i didn't fuck go to jazz, jazz fest, fest until high school and i was like yeah it was a, not a thing my family grew up doing and now it's like a, it, it's because it's always been like a cultural institution but it's like not the experience of everyone but the way it's treated is like this like universal city-wide right thing and also like so my parents used to take me to jazz fest like my mom did the whole like take me out of school and take me on like the thursday it started Damn, or yeah, you had the thing yeah but but then it's like, I feel like a lot of people, that's like their identity. Then my parents were like, no, nah, we don't really like Jazz Fest anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That happens for a lot of stuff. Like my parents used to do Mardi Gras really hard. Same. My family used to work Mardi Gras. Yeah. So I did all the West Bank Parade. It was really random, but we had this thing. West Bank like, Parades are fun. Well, I loved them. Yeah. And I mean, every year we did the West Bank Parades and then they just stopped one year and I was like, well, I can't wait till I can take myself to parades. And as soon as I got in high school, that's what I did every year. Right. But it's like it wasn't really that much a part of me growing up. Yeah. You know, there were years where we just didn't even go to Mardi Gras. The way that people who aren't from here, like, they find an identity, like like you were saying, a cultural institution, and they're like, that is, and I'm obviously not everyone. No, not everyone but like, and not I, everything. No. But it does feel like it lacks a lot of nuance. Right. Exactly. It, and it's like you can, like, like Jazz Fest one year and then not go the next year. Or you can, like, go to certain parades and not go to certain parades the next year and just feel out how you're feeling that day. It doesn't have to be, like, it feels like what people are into in New Orleans is part of their identity. And that intimidates me because I'm like, I don't like that pressure. I totally agree with you on this. Yeah. You know, I remember a few years ago I was like, I don't actually want to go to any parades anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go uptown like parades are fucking hard i'm so nervous about going with a baby yeah and it's like i just don't want to do the uptown thing anymore and so a few years ago i just like only went i I marched in chewbacca's because everyone does and i like watched crew de vue that year or something Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this is it yeah that was my whole party when you find your little i do parties like i do the balls and stuff you know i go hard on the right and on that tuesday i'll just like it 
I've Blasters. never been invited to mom's ball. Oh, well, isn't that I embarrassing? It's, I mean, it's not embarrassing anymore. Mom's ball kind of sucks now. It's like not the same. But I never got invited, and I'm like, sorry, buddy. It's okay. It's just like it's not my fault. I just have been a lot though. Like I really have. I could have brought you. I know, but I well, that's the thing. I want to get my own invitation. You know what I mean? It's really hard. I have to like scrape for mine every year. I stopped yeah. scraping and stopped going because it would. It started to suck. What happened is, is this oh, thing. you have to scrape. Someone doesn't just like magically give you an invitation to mom's. It ball. is a whole like society because i've heard from a lot of people a lot of people who are not from here are like yeah i got i'm going to mom's ball have you ever heard of it and i'm just like fuck you how have i never been invited to mom's ball <laughs> like i don't know i guess but i'm also i know a lot of people who are really into like what seems like that like that aspect of new orleans culture and they annoy me so yeah me as well actually yeah it's just it's just like no one thing is all encompassing and i do feel like everyone's like jazz gum- <laughs> gumbo uh, mardi gras festivals oh we have a festival for shoelaces here <laughs> and i'm like i actually won't go to that and i don't I know. want to and i don't know like i know but then when i see things like that on instagram i'm like i want to go to po boy festival and then i think the one year i went to po festival i was like well once you eat one po boy that's kind of all it's kind of a wrap for the day exactly. <laughs> i don't want to eat 20 po boys <laughs> exactly and it's so i remember like i used to go to white linen night all the time even though it's like bougie. god white linen night sucks shit it's so bougie i used painful. to go with my parents and bring friends and it was fun because you know you just you just make you do it but it was and... so fucking hot and so miserable and so sweaty and you don't have a purse i just remember just being in like a crocheted dress that had sweat marks on it <laughs> with a bunch of like racist sorority girls like what the fuck am i doing the vibe is very fraternity sorority yeah parents money like the last time i went it was like i don't even know how i got convinced to go but it was just people packed in shoulder to shoulder and i was like this is not fun this is not fun for you so many experiences in new orleans were me just going and being like well i'm not dressed right and just feeling self-conscious about my body (laughs) for like whether it was Mardi Gras, like Mardi Gras where I was like, I'm not slutty enough. Or Mardi Gras where I was like, I'm nude and this is not a nude Mardi Gras party. <laughs> Mardi Gras is so hard because sometimes you go to a Mardi Gras party and like Mardi Gras is known for nudity. But then you're like, I'm going to have my, oh man, I did tits out Mardi Gras. I remember. 2020. I, I, into you. I hated it. And now that, now I hate my tits so much. I'm like, I should have kept them covered while I could. <laughs> I am so sick of my tits being out all the time because I'm always pumping or breastfeeding. And I didn't even like my tits before I was doing that. And I, anyway, tits out Mardi Gras was a bust. Well, tits out Mardi Gras is kind of where we have to end this podcast because you run out of time. Oh, shoot. Okay. Can you believe it was just a wall of text of you and I talking? Uh, I know. That's crazy. I know. We, we can talk forever. I'm really sorry to anyone that thinks that we're crazy, but this is just what we talk about yeah i guess we did okay i think we did okay did we do okay carrie carrie's the producer she's not on the camera she gave us two thumbs up so i feel good okay. about it yeah and is this this is recorded oh i have to ask you yeah it's recorded and this is it's all recorded so it'll be on youtube and it'll be on all the podcast platforms is the plan yeah okay cool um i asked everybody the same question at the end all two of you since you're the second guest ever um i like to pull people on here they're like just doing i don't care what it is just like something interesting maybe somebody that would like literally never otherwise be on like a media outlet in new orleans you know mm-hmm. they're not gonna be on, like way at or whatever right like, like i want to have a conversation with them who would you suggest i should put on this podcast oh that's a great question um okay let me think let me think let me think I'm trying to think of who i like really like to talk to um maybe another comedian yeah I guess Laura Sanders. That's what I knew you were going to say. Yeah. I was just waiting for you to say it. I was, I was She's like, really good at talking and staying on topic. Is, yeah. yeah. She and I have good banter as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The biggest thing is that I just like, I don't want it to be an interview. I just like want to talk to folks. Yeah. Hear what people are doing. Hear people's experiences. Like, like we could just have like a whole time of us talking about like growing up here. And it's like 
that is what I want this to be about. Right. Because I think that, the, it's like you said, there's like this microscope on certain cultural institutions. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not necessarily all jazz bands and no. jambalaya. No. So I, this is great. This is nice. Like, I think Laura Sanders would be good, even though she's not from here. But she also is No, very, I'm doing transplants as well. She's very aware alive. of not being. Yeah. She's yeah. like not someone that's like, Nola, Nola, Nola. Yeah. Until I die. Yeah. But she's, she's so stinking cute. I so know talented. the lady that makes those stickers, by the way. She's a huge cunt. Oh, okay. And she's also know. a transplant. Not going to have her on here. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much, Mary Devin. You've been the best. No surprise. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Okay. Bye, y'all. If you liked this, please please tell a friend, um, send this to somebody. It's very brand new. And so the only way people are going to find out about it is if you guys talk about it. And if you like it, let me know, leave a review. And yeah, I think that's everything. What's up? See you next time. Bye.